I know during the congressional hearing, the question was asked of them, you know, about, uh, shit, I don't remember even what it was now. I just remember the response was, uh, fuck, I don't even remember the fucking response. Hold on, it'll come back to me in a minute. Dragonfly just landed on my thumb. Oh, man, it left. I was trying to get my yeah, phone I and mean, take it. used to see about marriage, Rob. Up, damn it. Whatever, dude. Uh, NASA has uh, set up an independent study uh, to study UAPs. NASA has. Yeah, well, somebody, one of the press members asked what their budget was going to be, and they said tens of thousands uh, or up to no more than $100,000. And I'm thinking, are you fucking shitting me? Dumb motherfuckers. Well, they don't need that much because they already have the information on record. (laughs) You're you're not wrong. (laughs) It's all on file. Yeah, all they got to do is unscrub those fucking videos and shit from the ISS they scrubbed. Tens of thousands of dollars. Well, however much one secretary costs to pull file. Ooh. That's Dassey. Some of it's so far the fuck out there. Oh god. I almost died. I've had I've had my fill of 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 some of the deeper conspiratorial stuff, I think for me too, man. Now I do believe the uh the shit that happened with the sunspot. Yeah, but but why didn't LMH take him up? Uh because LMH has ties to the fucking uh sheriff and shit. She lives in Albuquerque. You know, I mean, maybe. I mean, it's the most logical fucking reason that I can come up with. Well, at least she got back to him. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing. Or, you know, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Hello. It's been a while. How are you doing? You both okay? What are you doing? Fucking marvelous. (laughs) That's that's good. That's better than good. So what about you, Max? What's going on? Tell me what's happening. I'm just forever extremely busy. Um, <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Let's put it that way. We left off. I think we left off right when you came out of the house and saw this thing overhead. And it was like a it was like a golden light, an orb or something. And, and also, I did some research on Aegean. And it turns out, I don't know if he sent you the link, but that's a that's a, a figure in Greek mythology. The uh, the owner of the stables, uh, one of Hercules' uh, uh, tasks was to clean the stables that hadn't been cleaned in thousands of years. Hmm. All the dung and stuff like that. I thought that was a clever name for a waste disposal company. But they also had a lot yeah. of with government organizations there. Whatever they actually are, who knows? I'm Batman. <laughs> So the first thing I saw was the flash of light in the sky. I look up after another flash of light, and there they are, two balls of light side by side, pure white, uh, not very high up. I'm just guessing. Maybe 80, 60, 80, 100 feet. Not more than that. There's no way. These things were clearly really low down. Um, just traveling along silently, a double flash of pure white light, super bright, and in quick succession. So it was a, a very quick... Flash, flash. Um, and they broke at a 90-degree turn to the left and shot off over the roof of the house. So, of course, I'm gobsmacked, immediately thinking, this is what my daughter must have seen the night before with our neighbor's daughter, uh, Rihanna. And so I've, that's when I've gone outside. So, so we're at the point, I think we left off, yeah, where I'd been struck with the, no other way to put it, a telepathic instruction. It's the only wording to use. Um, 
which of course shocked me. And I, I step outside, I look up, and this thing moves from must have been right over the roof of the house. And it's maybe 30 to 40 foot long. Um, and I, I know, based on what happened for the next two nights, that it was about five or six stories up. So, because I, I guesstimated at first, if you put my house on top of itself, um, you know, ground floor all the way up to the top of the roof, I know now, because I measured it to put a, an aerial up on my TV aerial, that it's 10, just a fraction under 10 meters, which is about 30, 33 feet, right? I think there's three feet to a meter. So basically, if it's about 60, maximum 80 feet high, this thing was, right? Jesus. Uh, yeah, uh, but as I've stepped out and looked up and it's moved over and stopped, it this all happened at once. It was as if the surround being that close to whatever it was, it felt like extreme levels of static electricity. I mean, all of the hair on my body went stood on end, and that wasn't from fright at all. It was just immediate, as if I'd stepped into a bath of static electricity. Uh, I even looked down at my left forearm because all the hair, I felt all the hair going on end from the tip of my toes all up to the top of my head. Um, but this all at once, not just that, I was getting waves of tingles going all the way up my spine, over my scalp. It was really, really powerful. And it actually felt quite nice, to be honest. Um, right. A bath of static electricity. Yeah, I know that warm. exact feeling the, uh, that first orb two years ago, Chad, or a year ago, whatever it was that I experienced. That was the same feeling that I had then. Right, yeah. It actually felt really nice because of the way that it was going up and down my spine over my head. It was like, um, I think French say frisson, and it, it was just powerful, overwhelming, that physical feeling of that. But at the same time, this all happened at once, right? So I step out over the doorstep, looking up, absolutely gobsmacked, all of the static. I then realize how absolutely silent it is. I mean, I still remember really crystal clear hearing myself breathing. And that was it. It was that. It was like being in a vacuum. And the same time, as I've stepped out, looked up, all of this is at once. I felt um, an extremely unnatural. It was not from me. There's no way. It was like a flick of a switch, as if the intense feeling of love, a joyous love, that actually brought tears to my eyes. You know, my eyes swelled up. And I'd do anything, anything to live that moment again. Um, and it was the kind of love that I'd only ever felt the birth of my children before. It's not like the kind of love where you, you know, for a girlfriend, a wife or whatever. This was very specific. This feeling, emotion was triggered so instantly. And it was just unusual, right? It doesn't make sense. Now, there are all kinds of wonderful stories to illustrate this sort of control that they can have over our perceptions. Uh, I was working with a woman once who uh, was recalling an experience. She's on the table inside a ship. There's a physical examination taking place. It's extremely painful, uh, demeaning, and so forth. And she is not only enraged and furious, but she's scared to death, and she's undergoing pain. And the head alien, as we know from these accounts, often happens, walks over, puts his hand across her forehead, and she said the pain disappeared. She felt waves of the most profound love she has ever felt in her life. She said she would sacrifice her own children for the love that she felt for this being. It was just beyond anything she had ever known. No pain, no anger, and total love. 
He walked away from her, took his hand away, of course. The pain came back. She began to get angry again. She was hurting again. She was furious again. And he came back and he put his hand on her head and she would have again sacrificed her children for that love. Now, that kind of manipulation is, of course, something that's part and parcel with the, the alien means of operating. So there's this absolute silence, pin drop silence, static electricity, the feeling of overwhelming love, and also a feeling of as if whatever it had done to tell me to go outside and look up, don't close the door, go outside and look up. From the moment it had done that, it hadn't broken that connection. It felt tangible. Like I knew that it knew, whatever it is, knew everything about me. It could read me. It knew what I was thinking. It was very, very clear to me. It just, it was like a knowing. It, I knew it felt, I felt that way. Um, so it felt extremely intimate. I think intimacy, an intimate feeling. It, it was in, very unusual and it's very difficult to put it into words, but it was spectacular. It was very personal, very intimate and um, just incredible. May I ask just one, one question? Have you ever wondered if, if it has the capacity to make you feel love and warmth, does it not have the capacity to make you feel the opposite? I mean, have you ever considered that yeah. Have you thought about any of this? Yeah, because it's a good point you've made, because this is something I've obviously thought about for years now. It's, this October will be eight years since it all began that night. And I've wondered about the later events, the stuff that happened later on in 2015, um, or probably the first time was still in 2014, and then we had something else in 2015, which was really the opposite. Just as you've said, it was exactly the opposite. Uh, one of the things I have thought about is whether that feeling of love was um, put into me purposefully to manage my reactions so that I wouldn't you know, scream and run away. Because if you didn't have that feeling of love and connectedness with it, it was, would have been way too um, easy to just be so freaked out because it was so freaky, but so beautiful at the same time. Um, so it was almost. Damn it. Lost having, having yeah. His connection was um, real unstable there. Just since yeah. uh, having. Maybe I'll come back in a minute. Hold on. God damn it. Fucking anchor. Anchor. Fr frustrates the hell out of me. I think uh, the Chinese are the only spy. There he is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, dude. No, no problem. problem. Um, I'm not sure where we lost each other there, but. I was saying that you've raised a really good point, and this all came up later on. But I, as right. I was, I was speculating that if I was going to place bets, if I wanted to speculate, I would suggest that the the feeling of love, um, connectedness, all of that business, it, because it didn't seem to come from within me, it just didn't make sense for that to be the feeling so overwhelming, so instant, instantaneously. To me, I would speculate that that was a, man, a way of managing my reactions and my response to keep me there because it certainly felt almost godlike. It was, uh, I'm not a religious person, but that was enough to turn me, you know, running to the nearest church. I mean, it was that incredible. Um, that's, that's troubling to hear. Um, I, I, I'm especially considering that, that you just informed me that, 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 there was an incident where the opposite occurred. How many of these incidents have you had? 
Um, I haven't actually numbered them, but so to, to go in chronological order, this first night for me, the night before for my daughter and the neighbor, then it came back for two more nights. And then about a week later, we had a red sphere, a red ball of light down the road as I was driving. I pulled over to see what the hell was, was it doing or what was it? And then later after that, it turned nasty in the garden. Um, we, we didn't see any lights or anything above us because we didn't look up. But that same feeling, um, but entirely negative and scary. I mean, the back of my hairs on the back of my neck went up and I was frozen solid with fear. We know what happens to individuals who, were, who are reporting abduction experiences psychologically. We know that they are psychologically scarred. The only set of psychological tests which, so, so far as I know, were ever done on this matter were done, uh, I was partly involved in this in 1981, Dr. Elizabeth Slater, a psychologist, tested a group of abductees or people reporting these experiences. She was not told the nature of the sample she was testing, anything about their UFO experiences, but she found that all of them shared three deficits psychologically. All had low self-esteem, all had a certain dissociation in their attitude towards their bodies, their physicality, their sexuality, and all had a lot of trouble trusting people. Well, at any rate, she pointed out when we later told her after she wrote a report the nature of the sample that she had tested and what they had experienced, and she said, though this doesn't prove anything, if these people had had the experiences they reported, uh, then these are precisely the kinds of deficits one would imagine would accrue. And she said it's very much like what happens when you get uh, a rape victim. Me and my girlfriend were mid-sentence. Back, back in the matrix again. I think it's just the uh, maybe the issue of going over the pond. Um, um, yeah, there, there it is. There you are. Your, your, your experiences seem to be I, I, it's, it's just so strange that people keep getting revisited by, by this phenomenon once it yeah. happens. To them. Like how, how are they tracking you? How, how, how is it that once they've made the initial connection, they've somehow, they're somehow able to manifest themselves again and again and again yeah, and again. It's just the way it is. God damn it. Damn it, dude. Just tell him we're going to have to try again later. Uh, I mean, we'll let him reconnect and see what we can do. But yeah, we may have to. Because well, no, it, now it's going to be a human problem because because everyone's going to get frustrated and we don't want that. Nah, we just, uh, I know I know you're fine because you're, you're, <laughs> you're, fucking, you're a fucking oak, bro. But he's like, fucking, this is bullshit. I fucking hate America. Just like everybody. Everybody else hates America. I'm just so tired of it, bro. I'm so tired of it. Well, what is he? What is he saying? Hello, in, his, in his textual messages, it has something to do with it. If what? If he's racist, just ask if him. Sometimes sensitive that. Sometimes, if you're sensitive to being a racist, or if you're successful to being a racist, uh, or government disconnect your calls, I don't know. I don't think that's true. The, the algorithm. The algorithm. Or, or or, hey, stop being so racist. Just try and be less, try and be less racist. That's what I'm going to do. Anytime someone asks me for technical support, I'm just going to say over and over again in, in some form or another, just, okay, okay, try this. Just try not being as racist as you, as you normally are. Is the joke getting old? I don't think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run, run it until it's dry. Have you watched uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth? Not the original with Bowie, but the, the Showtime's done? Yeah, I like David Bowie. 
Motherfucker, that wasn't the question. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, I liked it. Oh. The Showtime revamp of the man who fell to earth. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the man in the high castle? No, 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 no I'm sorry. Yeah, totally no, different movie. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about the, you know, they're working on the fusion reactor and shit. I thought that it was a, a movie about uh, a man who fell to earth. No, no. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the original was with Bowie. They've revamped it into a show, but, you know, that was the premise of the movie. He was uh, E.T. who was sent to Earth to uh, rebuild this fucking machine. Essentially, a few. Did they rebuild it? Did they get it rebuilt? Did it work in they, they, they did, but the CIA has uh, got their monkey in the wrench, or their wrench uh, in the gears there. You know, Don't give wrenches to monkeys, dude. They're going to fuck everything up. <laughs> Ridiculous, dude. Or, or to the CIA, motherfuckers. Monkey business. You know, we have a Department of, of Homeland Security, uh, Intelligence Bureau for geospatial shit, and, and we also have a, 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 you know, a monkey business agency. I think that that's real fascinating. Monkey business agency. Hey, there he is. Hey, yeah, we don't know what. Yeah, it's so weird that we were just talking about having an episode where it's just Spotify fucking up. Yeah, every 45 fucking seconds, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely making that episode. I mean, this is definitely the one we're already making it. Fucking living I think, it now. I think at this, I'm going to make a little ding noise in post-editing, and that's going to be the rest of the episode, is just how, how, how many times Anchor has fucked us. Just a fucking carding sound. There it, it is, dude. Excellent. Lost. Yeah, no clue what's going on, but this is... You're crystal clear now, dude. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I was on Wi-Fi, and I had a really good, strong signal. But um, I don't know what happened. Yeah, so, sorry, again, I'm going to have to ask, where, where were we at just then before it cut? Oh, uh, I'd like for you to finish the narrative of, the, of what happened that night, the first experience. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, this was when I'm still under it, right? First thing I did was wave. I didn't know why. but I, So I'm under it. I'm mouthed high. And waved because I really did genuinely didn't know what else to do. It felt it felt a little bit awkward, to say the least, because there was an absolute silence. I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know what was happening. I, I didn't know what was going to happen next. And so I suddenly go from feeling completely in awe of this thing to suddenly thinking, well, what what happens now? And then all of the logical kind of logical thoughts kicked in. I suddenly started to think that this can't be safe. Surely this can't be safe for me because just the electrical, what was clear to me was kind of like an electrical charge in the air that was so strong. I thought maybe I'm going to get zapped by accident, you know, and nobody's going to know what's happened to me. And right. I, I look around and I, this is all happening in a very, you know, within a couple of seconds, I'm going through all of these options. I'm suddenly thinking this might be dangerous what happens now? Um, I look around to my neighbors and there's just no movement, absolute silence, of course. And then I look to my right and I consider that I should run in the house and maybe wake up my girlfriend or my daughter. But that's not going to work because by the time I run upstairs and try and get them up and get downstairs, it'll be gone. And I didn't want to take my eyes off this thing. So I'm, I'm literally thinking of my options. I thought maybe I should shout out, scream out to someone. Someone else needs to see this because this is unbelievable even to me and I'm looking at it and I can't believe what's happening. So I'm like, 
I look at the door. I realize I've left it ajar. It's not closed. I considered those options. It all felt completely inappropriate. And it was at this moment that I thought, thought about my phone. And I thought, ah, my phone is in my coat pocket, my top left breast pocket, right? And the moment I thought of getting my phone, crappy video, because this was, this was in 2014. And the phone was, I think, from like 2011. It was an old right. Nokia, a bad Nokia phone. Barely took video, if you're lucky. Um, so the moment I thought to do that is when it started to move left. And I felt like I messed up. I, I felt like, like I said, I really did feel strongly that it felt like, like it knew what I was thinking. And it was like a slap on the wrist. Like, no, 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 it, this isn't, this is for you. And you only kind of, the kind of feeling I had that I was acting inappropriate by thinking about getting attention. Um, and so it started to move left and I start to walk under it and I didn't want it to go. So I was saying, no, 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 no. And it started to speed up. And so I've gone from a, a walk to a jog to a bit of a run in a short space of time because it's, it's gliding along right above me. It's going ahead of me. And I realized it's speeding up, it's speeding up, and it turns to my right. A really sharp turn. Curve, though. And it curves to the right, and it starts to raise up higher as it goes faster. So now I've run to what is a terraced row of houses, and I know that there's, there's just no way that this thing's stopping. It's obviously going up higher and faster and moving away. It's, it's going now. It's game over, right? And I knew that I can't run around all of the houses the way that they're laid out. There was nowhere to go. So I stepped back and just kept my eye on this beautiful object as it just raised up so high, so high up that it became, you know, like uh, so high up. I lost sight of it, just went up into the high atmosphere. It was gone. Right. So I'm, I'm completely gobs. I mean, I can't say enough. I was... I now know that I was in complete shock. I mean, I was com utterly confused, shocked. I, I didn't know. I, I couldn't. I still, even now, can't really describe things properly because it's so complex and deep. But I came in the house, and this is where it gets interesting, right? I know that when I went outside, you know, when the balls of light flashed and broke left right angle, shot over the house. I'd go out the front of the house, looking around, don't see anything before I come back in. So, so at the time I was at the front of the house and I looked at my phone for the time, um, it was 10 or 11 minutes past four. And I looked at the time because I was going to say to my daughter the next day, ah, I saw the same thing that you must have seen. But it, and it was at like, you know, 10, 11 minutes past four last in the morning. So I could tell her that's, I looked at the time. Um, so between when I walked inside, walked back outside under this thing, and it left, right, it seemed to me to be only a few minutes, a few minutes at best. Like, um, but when I came back in the house, and there was a clock we used to have in the kitchen wall, and I'm up against the cabinet, and I look at the time, and it's like 20 to 5. So what? 25, yeah, like 25 minutes had gone. At about 25 minutes but to me honestly it seemed like just a handful of minutes, a few minutes a few minutes at best not 25 minutes so but here's the catch i didn't have any gaps in the chronological order of things there's no blank spot there's no 
There's no moment in anything that happens. That suggests some sort of a temporal warping. I can't help but think something to do with being that close to the whatever the energy output is. <clears throat> like I said, it felt like static electricity. Um, but maybe if, again, assumptions, but if this thing, these things are operating by some sort of gravitational warping effect, well, we know space-time, right? There's a link right. there. And time must be in some way warped from you know, being on the object, if you were on the object, within the object, to an observer being whatever distance. It's some sort of, it messes with time in some way, just from being right. so close to it. You're, you're suggesting that it's still somehow bound by relativity. It, it's just a matter of maybe perhaps the engine or, or its propulsion system. I mean, Lazar said that it was a, a, a gravitational generator, essentially. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right. I mean, I've, I've seen some theories, theories, pretty good theories I read maybe a year ago online uh, where somebody had said about um, like a, when you, some objects, some of these spheres or objects have been observed on camera. Um, I think it's Aguadilla or something. Aguadilla. There was one yeah. that goes close. I think it was the Coast Guard and it went down into the water without a splash, no splash. Obviously, trans medium, right? Right. No, this, um, yeah. So on that video, it looks as if the object divides or splits apart. And the theory is that if there is this uh, field around the object, as it approaches the observer, it could have, as if you head back up on the road in the summer and you get that division, the waves of heat, and it kind of duplicates. So it's like a, a gravitational lensing effect. You know, potentially, obviously, this is all speculation and theory, but if it appears to split, but maybe it's not splitting, it's to do with the... Um, the observation of something surrounded by a gravitational field, and it, it creates that lensing. lensing. Yeah, lensing, yeah. 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 Which seems to make good sense, you know, maybe. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm i completely um, waiting for my girlfriend to wake up because she was a carer at the time. She used to get up at 6 a.m., house to house for elderly people, and I knew she was waking up real soon, and I was in <laughs> pacing around. I was a mess, man. I was an emotional wreck, and I don't know. Oh God, because me tingles, get tingles right now thinking about it. When she came down, I tried. I didn't know how to put it into words, and it's taken me all this time and talking about it over and over and over and over again to get anywhere near good at trying to uh, verbalize everything. But I broke down. She gave me a hug. And she, she said, it's okay, it's okay. She knew that I, so whatever had just happened, it got to be so bad that I couldn't properly speak about it at that point at all. She went to work and I laid in bed with a really strange feeling in my head. Like it felt like a physical, it felt like a, that electrical charge was still little fireworks going off inside my head. It was a really weird but nice feeling again. It was a nice feeling. Um, how long did those cognitive effects linger, would you say? You know, it's a, I've had a couple of, for, for a little while, I've never said this before, right, because it's so, um, it's subtle. But let me put it this way. If you, if you hurt yourself, right, if, I don't know if you've ever broken a bone, fractured a bone, anything like that, 
if you hurt yourself, you know as yourself that you've done something, you know you've broken a bone, you know it's something serious. But you might see a doctor and they brush you off and send you home. That's happened to me, by the way. Yeah. So you know yourself better than anyone else, right? So you know when something's different, something's wrong. Um, but it's I can tell you that there were a couple of subtle things that I noticed that I've never spoke about because they are so, well, it just sounds, you know, so um, uh, subjective. But I started to really, really struggle with um, trying to put my thoughts into a more linear fashion to speak and focus on one thing. And I still struggle today, to be honest. I, I get bombarded with too many directions of thought all at once. Can you compare it to maybe like a stroke, like a mild stroke? Mm. Oh, I, well, that's a, I don't know. I have no idea if that was the case, but it certainly felt for a, a while, a good while. Um, it's been too long to remember how long, but I remember having problems after that with, I wanted to, I couldn't speak fast enough to keep up with my thoughts. So my <laughs> thoughts are coming in at a thousand miles an hour but I, have, I can only speak so fast. And I don't know whether that was part of the instantaneous communication that it did with me to tell me to go outside and look up, to close the door, go outside and look up. Um, it came in instantaneous, perfect packet of information is the way, I, one way of putting it. And I had to slow it, unravel it, translate it into slow moving words, laborious language. And, and it makes you realize how perfect communication is if it's done the way that happened. There's no need That's to right. take 10 minutes to describe something. And so I felt like that was an issue for a while. Well, think about it that. Was- think about uh, uh, if, if there was some sort of an entity that communicated only through archetypical symbols, right? That's it had learned over time how to how to communicate in this fashion. So it's sending these giant bursts of information into our consciousness. Our consciousness yeah, it's it's just trying to work to understand these these I mean we probably can't even grasp its fucking alphabet, you know, let alone Mm. complex thoughts. I'm sorry, keep going. No, it's it's cool, it's all good. It's it's nice to be able to talk about these things because not ever, you know, spoke about that part of it. But to me, I knew that that was a change in me I'd never had before. And it lasted a while, maybe a, a good few months. Um, and when I'm talking about it now, you know, I, I speculate that that may have been the cause of what happened that night because it's died down now. It's not like that anymore. Mm. But, um, but it certainly was a problem for a little while. Uh, and I, if only everybody could experience that instantaneous, perfect communication, there's no misunderstandings, there's no misinterpretations, it's instant and it's perfect. And language, by comparison, is laborious, slow, clunky, and it's open to all kinds of mistakes. You know, you don't find the right, right. word or somebody misunderstands what you're trying to communicate. I remember laying in that bed, the sun was bright and I just couldn't sleep for hours and hours because I was so amazed. I mean, just it, the shock of it all, but in a nice way, actually, at that point, I felt like there was nothing that I had no reason to be fearful, but it just felt like all of a sudden things which are 
that can't be real, that are magical, that are just in books or movies. It just felt like your your reality becomes shattered from the experience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was crazy. And and so, so here's the next night, right? I, I told my girlfriend, she has, I'm going to stay up because what if this thing comes back and I need her to see it too. I needed her to see it too. And so she says, okay, just call me. If it comes back, call me and I'll get out of bed, she said, right? But she did. So I'm pacing from the back of the house, back garden to the front of the house. And I'm doing this all night, hoping that it may come back, but obviously not knowing what to expect. And it came back. But this time I was at the front of the house and it came, if I'm standing with my back to my front door, and I looked to my right, it came back. And this is how I also can guesstimate the height that the object was over me on the first night, because it came back at the same height that it was over me, but it glided from from behind the house to my right, coming forwards over the rooftops, about one story over the three-story houses. So it was very, very close to where people are asleep. Was it lower now this this evening than it was the previous evening? I'd say it was about the same. So we've got there's a row of three story houses to the right of ours, um, and it was maybe a story above that. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know if an American you know story is much higher. I think it's probably about the same homes. Yeah, you know. but it was it glided along instantly. I was super excited. I couldn't believe it. So I'm. I'm it, you're caught in this moment where it's so beautiful and awesome to look at it, right? That you're, you're so gobsmacked that you're just like, wow, you're taking it in with all all of your eyeballs can handle. You think, wow, the moment. At the same time, I'm thinking, oh, shit, I've got to call my girlfriend or do I take a video? Because crap. So I've got this dilemma happening. So I, I end up calling her and the, the thing turns to the right, like really as if it was on a, like a right angle turn as if it was one of those, you know, snake games on your phone where it just does a right angle instantly without slowing down or anything. It just turned left, like boom, just like on a dime. So now it's heading from my right directly to my left in front of me, maybe, well, it's hard to guess, man. It's maybe 100 feet, no, probably 80 to 100 feet away. And so I, I, she's answered the phone and it's all happening. You know, she needs to get down here. Baby, baby, baby it's, it's here. She says, oh, bro, I'm too tired. I'm like, seriously? She oh, my God. <laughs> it sounds like my wife. It's the same type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, this was about, by the way, this was about, if I remember rightly, it was about 10 or 5 to 5 this morning. He came back. No, it was about half hour, 45 minutes later than the night before. So there was a bit of dawn, like a little tinge of blue in the sky this night, the very next night. So it was a little bit later than the night before. Um, so I, as I'm on the phone to her, I'm just watching it because I'm begging her to get out of bed and come down. It's here. It does exactly what it did the night before. It starts to speed up and then it curves up and rises higher as it heads away from me up into what is the southeast direction. And it goes up higher and higher and higher until it's so far that it's just tiny dotting and gone out of sight too far away. And so now I'm just, this is a second layer of, my God, it's come back. But I was a little bit, I must admit, I was a little bit upset that it didn't come directly to me. 
as like I'm here, but it yeah. just kind of goes goes past. So the third night is when I made damn sure that I said to her, "You've got to go to bed early, but you've got to wake up early because there's no way that you cannot be with me this night." We if it came back for two nights. Please, God, let it come back a third night because there was nothing more important to me at this point. Was it about proof or was it was it more of I mean, I, I want to know like what because it takes a lot for a person to resist sleep. And and was it like a, for, an addiction? For, for me, for me with my wife, it was about proof more than anything. So she didn't think I was fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, the shock of it, like for you is um. For me, I couldn't believe it. it. It was unbelievable what had happened and what this thing was. Um, and I, in order for me to even believe and accept what was happening, I needed somebody else with me because it was just too unbelievable, man. It was like, even now, right, all these years later now, I still struggle to accept, even though I know it happened, I know it was real, I know it was happened, there's no question at all about that but I still have trouble because it was so unbelievable that it just is so out of place it's just it's so out of place with normality that it's just too incredible so I I can totally understand when people don't believe that you know these things are even about because it is incredible absolutely unbelievable it seems like such an experience would almost separate you from humanity because it puts you in this class where you're uh totally just completely on your own you believe one thing you experienced it but the rest of humanity it it puts you living in a different reality than the rest of humanity the, yeah, the rest yeah. of humanity couldn't possibly understand it because the rest of humanity has no concept of what, what that but, is. And no way to grasp it if they did. That's why one of the most difficult things for me is even, you know, somebody said to me uh, recently last year, uh, they said to me, hey, Max, if you ever tell anyone about everything that happened to you, a bit of advice, he said, I'll give you some advice said, just tell them about the fact that your girlfriend saw it too. Don't tell them about all the weird stuff because nobody will believe you. They'll think you're nuts. I was like, that's troublesome because I have no proper easy way to put that. That just doesn't sound, it's all nuts. Uh, So this third night, um, I got her to wake up. I think uh, I I got her to wake up about half four or 4 a.m. or something because it had come back around the same, roughly the same time second night so i figured hopefully it will come back roughly the same time the third night so she went to bed early she gets up early and i still picture it like it was yesterday from the back door you can see straight through to the kitchen and she was there stirring she just made a coffee she's just stirring the coffee in the cup and to my left this time so in in the completely opposite direction in the sky and it was a good 10 minutes later than the previous night the sky was literally starting to go blue properly. I mean, it was super early, but maybe, uh, I'm trying to guess now, maybe 10 past five or 5 a.m., something like that. So I've seen this thing drop down. When I noticed it, it was just coming almost straight vertical at a, at a slight diagonal, I wouldn't know, kind of degrees there, but it wasn't straight down vertical. It was coming in diagonally at a steep incline, and it came to a complete stop instantly. And I've uh, straight away, 
I recognised that you can't miss it. The beautiful golden, super weird plasmary light from it. Huge thing. And so I've shouted, bang, he's here. And she comes running, running out to the back garden. And I lift her up because the fence, it, she's only five for two. And I pick her up and we're just staring at this thing for a few seconds, maybe six or seven seconds. It just sat there about, again, the same height from the rooftops, but in the opposite direction and quite a bit further away this time probably twice as far away as it was on the second night. Um, and so she's watching it, just her jaws dropping like, oh, wow. And it hangs there. And then all of a sudden, from zero miles an hour to, you know, not super fast at all, but it just it just went from zero to whatever speed it traveled at instantly without any acceleration this time and just went up in the opposite diagonal direction. So... In effect, it, it came down and went up and off upwards and formed like a V-shape of travel, you know. Um, so it goes up again, this time into the east-southeast sky. This time, I can't tell you what a relief it was for her to see it too because she, of course, recognised instantly this is unusual, man. This is not something you've ever laid your eyes on before. Just the type of light that comes from it, but everything about it, the way it moves, just everything about it is unique and bizarre. So I felt so happy that she'd seen it too. You know, it was like, I rest my case. I'm not nuts. And she's seen it too. So either we're both nuts. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. So that, right. that felt really good. Felt really good. Um, but unfortunately for me, because it was so beautiful, that thing, that was the last time I ever saw that, that object, that specific object. And, this is when things started to take a turn. So a few days go past, and I'm going to guess about a week, a couple of days, three, four, five, six days, something like that, right? And I'm, you know, I'm amazed. I hadn't told anyone. It was just um, me and my girlfriend, my daughter knew about it. And obviously the neighbor's daughter had seen it as well, the balls of light. And I'm driving down to a store, uh, one night and it was super windy like gale force winds really bad winds because it blew part of our fence over uh, and it was night time so I'm driving to the shop and as I approach this roundabout in the from my left eye I notice something that makes me take a double take I look over to the left as I'm slowed down at the roundabout and I see this ball of red light and I'm thinking what is that it doesn't belong there because the building that's on the other side of this roundabout is a car showroom. It's only one story tall and it's got a flat roof, very low down. And this, I knew that there was high tension power lines and a railway track back there, but this ball of light was sitting above um, the actual high tension power cables. That doesn't belong there. What is that? Is it's What is it? So I pull over, I go over the roundabout, I pull over it in front of this um, car showroom. And I'm staring at it straight through the windscreen because I'm now facing it. And I keep thinking, it's out of place. What is it? So I, I get out of the car, I go around the front, and the whole time I'm not taking my eyes off it, trying to work out what it is and what it isn't. And it's just a steady light, uh, maybe six feet across, just a perfect sphere of deep, deep red color. Um, I can't see any reflection of light coming off onto anything. But I knew, and I could see that it was above the power lines, maybe 
maybe six, 10, 12 feet above the power lines. So I go around the front of the bonnet of the car and I'm just staring and staring. I realized, ah, my phone, again, my phone, it's in my coat pocket where I always kept it in that coat. My coat was on my passenger seat. So I opened the door slowly, reached in, fumbled for my phone without taking my eyes off it. And I stood, the moment I got my phone unlocked in my hand, the thing just collapses in on itself. Just, it didn't shoot off. It just disappeared. It just was gone. Boom, gone instantly. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make sense, man. There was no feeling that like it was distance wise. Uh, um, again, my, maybe at that point I was 80 feet away, probably 80 feet away from it, 60 feet, 80, I guess. I'm guessing here really badly. Um, not too far, but far enough away. I didn't feel anything. Um, there was no silence. I remember there was no silence. Um, no electrical feeling. It was just a ball of red light. Um, yeah, so that was that until, and this is where it's a bit tricky. That's, uh, that's fascinating that you say that. The only time I really got the electrical feeling or the vacuum feeling was seeing the amber color, you know. Uh, how, how close were you? Um, one time, one was right above a tree, maybe 80 foot, 100 foot, and I was probably 40 yards out looking up right and then the other time was uh the first time my wife got to see one i was out doing a c5 smoking and she walked outside and there one came over the top of a tree on the other side of the river and she just kind of brushed it off and sat down uh but i had that same feeling going on at that point as well so but like all the red ones and any saucer shape anything like that i've come across i've never had that you know that full experience like I had that time. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's, it's so many questions, man. Right. Like, um, but, so, this is where I'm, I'm unsure of how much time had gone past. It's been too long. Um, I wish I'd have kept a diary, that's for sure. It could have been a couple of weeks, it could have been a couple of months, but no more than two months or a month. It wasn't too much longer afterwards, right? That, um, this is where it got, the first time it got scary. Um, so it's about 11 to 12 o'clock at night, 1130, something like that. And me and my girlfriend were out the back garden. We were sitting down. She was in a chair to my right in two separate chairs next to each other. And we we're just talking, um, before we were going to go up to bed. And my daughter wasn't in the house. She wasn't living with us by that point. She'd moved out already. So, yeah. So that's when the whole silence fell and that feeling of being watched fell on us really fast, really powerful to the point they put the hairs on the back of my neck up. It's the first time I've ever had that before. Um, you know, the hairs just on the back of the neck in fear. I've never felt that level of fear before. Man. And it was unusual because it, again, there was no reason to feel that fear. It was like it was put upon me. And she felt it too, because we were mid conversation, mid sentence when that happened. So we both looked at each other and she was like, what the f is that? Like, uh, before I could answer, those footsteps from in front of us, 15 feet away maybe, came from the left side and the right side, and they were stepping closer and closer towards us. And we're both looking. I'm freaked out. She's freaked out. When she heard those footsteps booming, because it sounded like a goddamn dinosaur, and there's nothing like that here. There's nothing like that here. Um, we have badgers, foxes, the occasional deer, 
small deer. And that's it. There's no predatory animals, no large animals. They just don't exist. The UFO phenomenon runs a, a tremendous 180 degree gamut from being totally physical, nuts and bolts. When the thing comes down, it could break the tree branches down from the top, leave marks on the ground. People are floated out of buildings, uh, are uh, scarred, their bodies are marked. The craft can show up on radar, they can be photographed, etc. Totally physical. And on the other end, totally paranormal. All the communication is telepathic. Uh, the uh, craft can be apparently unseeable at some points. We know that people can be floated through walls and they're actually missing. This is not an out-of-body experience, it's an out-of-the-house experience. The hardest thing, the hardest thing for uh, scientists to accept is the idea that it is both physical and so totally paranormal. So these things were overly loud, overly heavy sounding and as if it was intentionally scary, as if it wanted to freak us out. And she got up and ran. She ran in the back door. She said, I'm sorry, babe, I can't. Slammed the back door behind her and went and stood behind me in, against the window and left me there. I was frozen solid, man. I couldn't move. And I also took it as a threat. And I also felt like I was obliged to stand my ground. It felt like a bit of a test, to be honest. Um, and I got angry. Because, I mean, you know, I guess natural Neanderthal instinct. Honestly, it was so freaky and scary that it made me mad. So I gritted my teeth and I was getting ready for a proper, I don't know, I was going to be jumped on by some something from a nightmare. I didn't know what to expect, but it wasn't nice. These things get closer and closer from the left and the right until they're right in front of me and I can't see. There's nothing there. There's literally nothing visible, but I, it, it's clearly there. And then all of a sudden, feeling lifted, the background, normal background noises came back and it just became normal. As quick as it had fell on us, that feelings, all those feelings and noises came back and everything was normal again. No sound of anything walking away. And I sat there for a few seconds, maybe a minute, getting my composure. And I got up and I walked over, looked over the fence. I looked around. There's nothing there, man. We've said to each other since that maybe we should have looked, I wish we'd have looked up or, you know, maybe something was above us, who knows. Um, but that was definitely part of whatever happened. That was just not nice at all. Uh, and I'd honestly say it felt like a test. I felt like I was being messed with. Um, that was weird. Take me to a world where I can be. Darkness takes the day into years where there are no kings to rule the simple mind. The heavenly peaceful love will shine within.
Uh, Wendy's sending us a picture of an evil spider. Well, the, let's end the episode on that note. That's evil spiders <laughs> sound like a good exit point for me. <laughs> All right, brother. Later. All right, I'll holler at you, man. Later, man.